Okay, so uh, I'm Hava Frobes Cross, the project manager for the Tom Wesselman Catalog Resume for the Wildenstein Plattner Institute. And as part of uh, the oral history project of the estate of Tom Wesselman and the Wildenstein Plattner Institute, I'm here with Monica Serra uh, at the Wesselman Studio, also with Josie Naren, our oral historian, to uh, talk about Monica's experience uh, with Wesselman and her life. So um, I think the, the, the first thing I wanted to start with was just to kind of get a sense of how you first started working at the studio and what you were doing around that time. So like, if you give me a sense of like when this was and what you were doing in your life when you first got introduced to Tom and first got introduced to the studio. Okay, so I first got introduced to Tom because I moved to New York City to be in a band. Mm -hmm. And I was also an artist. And I lived in 35th Street. And... I didn't, I knew Tom Wesselman and stuff like that, but I wasn't that familiar with him. And I had these neighbors, Alan Rubin and Candy Spillner, and Candy was working here. And I thought that was super cool. And I was, so I wanted to work for an artist too. <laughs> so I like was right into de Kooning and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I just, I don't know, nothing happened. Anyway, I knew them and Candy one time, she said to me, you know, Tom is looking for a portrait model. And I said, what? I said, I'm not a Tom Wesselman model. And she said, no, 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 a portrait. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so uh, she said, he's going to have a show at Sydney Janus Gallery. And I said, okay, invite me. <laughs> and so I got invited, and uh, I came to see that show. It was a standing still life show, and I can't remember the last one he did. Mm. Um, anyway, mm -hmm. it was in, in early 80s, and I i don't know, I got off the elevator, and I got introduced to Tom, and, he, and we sat down on a couch, and we talked and talked, and we became friends, and like I said, don't you need to like <laughs> visit these other people? And he said, I came a little late, you know, and he showed me all around, and he had a, a very familiar accent, because he's from Cincinnati, and I was from Pittsburgh. And he said my name, Monica, right, with the E in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I felt at home right away. It's like, oh, he says my name right. <laughs> and that was my introduction to Tom. And then a few days later, he said to Candy, hey, what about your friend Monica? <laughs> would you, do you think she would um, come and model for me? She's like, hmm. <laughs> and she said, oh, I'll ask. Right. And then I came and modeled for a portrait. Mm -hmm. And that lasted for a couple of years. I, I was right, I don't remember the year because I had this, uh, it was the early 80s, and I had a record contract in 1982 with MCA. So I, I, it was right around that time. Okay. And so I was coming to sit for him, and we became friends, and he loved the fact that I sang, because he was writing these country songs. So it was a perfect confluence. You know, he he liked hanging out with me, he liked drawing, and he liked, oh, we talked about music, and we, was, we became friends. And it's, okay, so I, there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm curious to ask about, but I want to go back, before we move on to this first conversation i'm really just interested in this scene so you're like first meeting him you're at the gallery and you talk for all that. what did he was he talking was he telling you about his work what was it like 
I don't remember this conversation. I can't believe I don't remember this conversation. I just remember I was nervous to meet him. I was looking at his work. We were talking about um, the work, and then we were talking about music. That's what happened, Mm -hmm. because he asked me what I was doing here, same as you were. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I said, um, I'm a singer, songwriter, and a band, and he was very curious about that. So I betcha that's what we were talking about. Talking about the band, yeah. And what, what band, I mean, tell me a little bit about that. About what, this band. Yeah, about this band and all that, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we came from Virginia, mm-hmm. and uh, we sort of all moved here together <laughs> in like 1980. And we, we played all the clubs, you know, we have CBGBs, Peppermint Lounge, you know, Dance of Cheery, all those places. And we got a, a record deal pretty fast um, on MCA with Roma Baron um, producing. She produced Laurie Anderson. It was a little alternative stuff. And um, and that was, we did that for a while. And uh, that has a short history because um, MCA quickly changed regimes right when our record came out. <laughs> So Irving Azoff came in and Joe Wizard was out. So we had, um, it was too bad. Mm-hmm. But also I hated the music business. It mm-hmm. was terrible. It was really brutal. And, it was brutal. Yeah. It was, yeah, and they wanted stuff from you. They they wanted you to do this. And I really, all I really wanted was a little cult following, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. I like little clubs. I that's what we had. Mm-hmm. And then to try to have this universal appeal was not in my blood at all. So I was not unhappy when they didn't pick up the second option. But the boys were pretty unhappy. <laughs> and you, wait, you were the lead singer. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the name of the band? The Lost Tropics. The Lost Tropics. We okay. were the Tropics with an X during those days in Norfolk, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And so when you move to New York, you know, pretty, you know, it's not tropics at all. So we became lost. Oh, okay. And it sort of got, got caught. And we just, we, we played uh, under many names. Yeah. And that kind of stuck. You can get the record. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to check that. But, but I, you know, I'm actually very curious. But, the, but so then, but that's interesting because when I think of uh, Tom's, the, what I know about Tom's taste in music, it's country, right? Yes. And I, from what I've heard your description, it doesn't sound like your band had no, a lot no, to do with that at all. No Americana. Yeah, no. yeah. But uh, he didn't seem to care. He, it didn't matter. I mean, he was turning me on to all kinds of uh, country music, which I really did not like. Mm-hmm. But I grew to really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very uh, honest. Mm-hmm. I want to say. And so were so was our music was very mm-hmm. honest so it simpatico right that makes sense in that way yeah, you know yeah. it was down to earth in a, in a kind of a well he didn't I mean he listened to the songs he wanted to hear a demo mm-hmm. you know and there was one song that didn't make it to that record called Gut Reaction mm-hmm. that he loved <laughs> way loved really? and it was because um, he said whenever he would make a work of art, he knew and it was good because he got it in his stomach. He got a he oh, got a stomach thing. And mm-hmm. I said, seriously? And he said, yeah. And I said, so you had a gut reaction. 
Yeah, and he said it has to be has to be there. Otherwise, it's, he knows it's not good. Hmm. And so that, yeah. So I was like, that was another thing of like, oh, now he loves me even more because <laughs> because we haven't got reactions together. <laughs> Amazing. So okay, so yeah, so that no, that gives me a really good sense. So you're so you're when you first meet him. You're still involved in the band, and you bond over music. But from what I understand, you didn't. You were aware of Wesselman as an artist, but you weren't like really infatuated. Really infatuated. Or, no. no, yeah, no, because I'm also a painter, and the, my stuff was so raw compared mm-hmm. to his sort of polished thing. I was never threatened. I was, you know, never like ooh. I was in awe of this celebrity of him and I mean he was a big deal mm-hmm. when I met him and but I was very young and naive and I didn't um it didn't well I wasn't intimidated by it mm-hmm. I could just talk to him but that was because of him too mm-hmm. he was very open so I could just say hey you know show me this or what's back there or mm-hmm. you know he was um just an open book mm-hmm. and and I was naive enough so it worked <laughs> <laughs> but did you did you kind of quickly or was it over a longer period of time that you gained more of an appreciation for his work or were there certain things that appealed to you early on or certain things that you didn't know about that once you started kind of coming to the studio you saw and okay so when I went to that show yeah. I was pretty impressed because yeah. those big standing still lifes and that was pretty fascinating yeah but I think he kind of knew maybe got somewhere with me because he said let me show you this and he brought me to this back room with uh, that was on um, the Bowery, mm-hmm. and we opened a locker, and they were full of those um, portrait collages and all those little collages. I couldn't believe those, and I don't know why he knew I would like those, but it, that's when I was I was in. You know, I was like, oh, I started. I'm starting to get this. Mm-hmm. And then he said to me, "Do you know my poetry?" And I said, like, what? He said, in everything I have, I have, like, a curtain and a, here's a, the Venetian blinds. He said, I just have this kind of poetry. And, I, and he was showing me this kind of genesis in these smaller collage paintings. Yeah. So he so so when he said, "Do you know my poetry?" He was saying, "Like I have a specific visual language, and you can recognize." Okay. Yeah. I I want exactly. to hear more about this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean either. Yeah. And it gave me a key, mm-hmm. kind of in to mm-hmm. what he was up to. And I realized, oh, this is all seemingly literal, mm-hmm. but it's also abstract. And I kind of it clicked for me, right, because of that. It's like, oh, hmm. And the language, you know, he was teaching me. <laughs> right. And so, but when you, saw, and when you saw the early work, though, it sounds like also that stood out. And maybe it did it, uh, not, I may be projecting, but it, it did stand out in some way because you were talking about how his work at the time was so clean and that wasn't really where you were at as an artist, but obviously the early work, not so much. So was that part of what made it easier to yeah. sort of understand? Yeah. yeah, I saw, because I saw progression, you know, it mm-hmm. wasn't just always um, clean and just, I don't know how you get there. Right. But I saw shorthand how you got there. I mean, he was showing me something from years before, 
and then then I mean I didn't know what I didn't know what was in between I didn't know but you could sense it you know right. that that he was evolving and I thought he was super cool he also said I oh, knew what he was going to do next year and I thought that was insane <laughs> I like I don't know what I'm doing in an hour from now or tomorrow he's like I have this planned for a year and did he I mean you yes, would find out he so did. he did yes. yeah yeah wow Huh. So was he already working on preparatory work at the time, or it was just conceptual, or he just? No, he was working on preparatory work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess at that point, yeah, because I guess at that point he had this whole schedule down. Of yes. Like how he was oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did have his schedule down. <laughs> okay, so before we, I do want to talk a bit about like working at the studio and everything, but I do, but also like obviously your first experience was working as a model. So you first worked as a portrait model. So what did that mean? What was he doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, what did that mean? Well, he would draw. He would take pictures. Um, that was basically it while we listened to country music, you know, mm. just sort of sat there. There was nothing ever successful. I mean, he never mm. really got through. There's like, mm. there are a bunch of little drawings. I should have brought one out, but um, maybe I could find out later. Um, but nothing ever came of that. And then I got this record deal. So okay. I was gone for a while and you know, I was touring and stuff. And um, when I came back, we were still friends. I didn't model for him anymore. I think I came and saw him a couple of times. But it wasn't until a few years later, many, I don't know, three or four years later, where he decided, oh, Maybe you want to come and be a nude model now. Mm -hmm. I was like, mm. well, I had been a nude model for like art classes. And when I first moved to New York, I did that a little bit. And I was really afraid of my body. So I start, that's why I started doing it in the first place. I like, get rid of that fear. I'm going to just take my clothes off. Oh, you actually did it to confront that fear. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah. did it, and what was the Yeah, it was, it was yeah. made me comfortable. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. No big deal. Right, I'm I'm fine, and they're not really. Uh, they're looking at me, but not me. Or I don't mm. know. I took, mm. it took the, I don't know, the pain out of it, or something, or the neurosis, or whatever it is. And so for Tom, I was really scared to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, at that point, Candy and Alan were still working here, and I had modeled for their group. They had like a a group of. So I said, "Would you guys be there? Would that be all right?" So the first time they were there, and I was horribly self-conscious when they were there. I was like, no, I can't do this with you guys here. <laughs> I thought the opposite would yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, so after that, it was just me and Tom. Okay. And so that was, I mean, and I, since we're just on audio, I'm going to describe this uh, very explicitly, but like there is a table behind you. And yes. that was when you started modeling. And on you, the table. Yeah, on that <laughs> table. And can you just like just describe sort of like how that worked, the physical okay, setup I'll try. and the whole thing? I'll try. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so Tom had a robe. Okay, mm -hmm. we'll start from here. Yeah. He had this robe. It's a Chinese robe, and you'll, you'll see Monica in Chinese robe and, mm -hmm. and other models too, but that's okay. And he gave me this robe. You know, go in the bathroom, get your clothes off, put your robe on, come out. And then you climb up onto the, he had little 
ladder, and you climb up onto this table behind me. It's just a work table during the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then from under the table, would uh, two little like lever, like little makeshift table would come out, and it would like lean up against that table. And so he was in smelling dis- distance from me. He <laughs> <laughs> was close. Right, right. And uh, except he was down here, and I was up there. So that was interesting to me too. You know that I was up, and he was down, and uh, that made it a little bit easier. I don't know why. It was like I kind of had the lead, and I felt more comfortable up there. And that's uh, that's the table. Okay. And then so, but 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 this is interesting. So like he, you were on the table, and were there like cushions and things? I assume there must have been cushions or something. Were there were cushions. Yes, there were cushions, and we were up against the wall. Oh, okay. So you so could kind of rest. Could, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you could be up against the wall, and there were cushions, and he would. You know, he would ask me, um, lay down, you know, do this, do that, like move your foot, mm-hmm. um, sit up, or, you know, or something. And then we would talk. Like, I'd, he'd say, like, tell me a story, or, you know, it's like, hey, what are you doing now? What are you writing, or what are you working on? Or he would ask me. He was so nice. Yeah. And we would start talking, or a song would come on and would analyze it. Who is this now? You know, this is Ernest Tubb. What did he do? You know, and we would talk, and then time would go by, and then would I might fall asleep. Really? And he would say good night, and I realized, oh, yeah, I'm falling asleep, but it was okay. I knew it was, mm-hmm. I knew when it was okay to do that. Yeah. Um, and we were always listening to this country music in the background, and he was. I was self conscious for the first. As soon as you take that robe off, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then you're not scared anymore because work started. And mm-hmm. then you became... It became important for you to make him a success at what he was going to do. So it made you... It made it was a collaboration at that point. And yeah, I actually, I really want to hear about that aspect of it. So would you kind of pose prior to a direction and then he would respond to it yeah. how did is that how it worked yeah, yeah. i just do something and then he would say let's put your head over there or yeah but so the poses would sometimes be coming as much from you as from him so you would sort of do something it pretty and, much yeah. did come from me yeah and then um yeah then he would might it might say like your hand is can you put move your hand on your waist or something mm-hmm. at one time after many years after I stopped modeling, he said, I never got you on all fours. <laughs> and I said, well, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> if I recall, I don't know if there is. Is there a Wesselman that I that is in that yes, pose? I'm trying to think. Yes, there are, there's one Okay. basic. There's, I don't know. If, there's a, Helen, I think, maybe. Okay, yeah. But yeah, but he never asked you to do that. No, yeah. thank God. <laughs> no, he didn't really ask me to do too much. Yeah. It was just, let's sit down, or he might say, let's sit down today. Right. Like, Can you sit today, or something like that. And was there sort of uh, other objects that he would bring? Because obviously there's always, or not always, but many times it works with you, and then there are also other objects, there are other things behind you. Was that stuff set up, or did... Um, no. No. It, it, well... Um, like this one that you're uh-huh. seeing Monica with Mondrian back yeah. here, it was back, uh, the Mondrian was back there. 
Okay, so the Mondrian was yeah. already there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there were copies that he made. Mm -hmm. And that was back there. And, like, I think there's Monica with Cezanne is same thing. Uh, Monica with Matisse, same thing. He would he would set it up yeah. behind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but no objects. But no, okay. There no was never, other. like, a telephone or flowers or... There, no. I mean, the most, the, I guess the biggest prop I had was a hat. He brought a hat yeah. and some beads okay. to me one day, and I had a hat and beads and a robe, and that was, oh, right. that, that was his yeah. stuff. Okay. It wasn't that my was idea. <laughs> that was not what you were. No, I was very simple. <laughs> <laughs> you never brought any, anything to wear to any of them? No. Was there any of them? No. No. And was there, were there any... Are there any backgrounds that were, were your suggestion? Are there any like no. extra things that were no? No, you, you would always go with what he was doing. Yeah. And so okay, so what was the first? I don't. Maybe you don't remember, but I'm just curious if you remember the first sort of finished or, or close to finished work that you had modeled for that he did. Do you? Remember? Yes, I do remember yeah. it. Uh, it. It's. Um, I think it's called. It doesn't have my name in it. I think it's called sitting seated nude or sitting nude, and I you can see that I'm super. You can see I'm shy. Mm -hmm, I'm like mm -hmm. kind of my head is kind of down and I'm kind of like this and I, I just remember um, seeing it for the first time. Like wow, all right, you, I mean, you know something came from this. Mm -hmm. Whereas as portraits, nothing came of it. So I was like, maybe nothing is going to come of this. Maybe this is an exercise. You know, but the first one I saw, like in a gallery of me, is one that's over here. I can't remember the name of it, but it's I'm lying down with a robe on. Or with stockings, just stockings. Just stockings. Yeah. And it's really pretty because it's angular and it's it's um su it looks, looks super cool and angular and modern. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was really beautiful, and that's still my favorite one. It's still, and, okay, and can you, do you remember the moment when you saw it for the first time hanging yeah. in the gallery? Yeah. yeah, I was happy. And he asked me, could he use my name? Hmm, interesting. He, yeah, he said, do you mind if I use your name? And I thought about it. <laughs> yeah. And I said, yeah, sure. You know, finally, I was like, why is he asking me? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and should I, is there a choice? Do I get to say no? And why would I say no? Because I remember seeing the first one. I think it was called Seated Nude, and I was kind of sad that I wasn't identified. Mm, interesting. So I said, yeah. So you actually wanted to be identified. I didn't you... know that I wanted yeah, to until yeah. he asked me. I wouldn't have cared mm -hmm. if he didn't identify me, but it seemed important for him to identify me, you know, and I, I, thought, I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, and, and it leads me to another question that I had, which is sort of, I mean, obviously, this work is it's very much part of the whole like body of work that Tom had developed at that point. But you're also they're also very intimately tied to you, right, and to right. the work that you've done with him. And as you said, like posing and everything, there's collaboration. How did like when you were seeing, say, this first work in the gallery or subsequent works? How connected did you feel with the final product? Did you did you look at it and see yourself in it? No. No. Yeah. That first one that had my name and my name yeah. it wasn't the piece. It was that my name was in a gallery somewhere, Monica. Yeah. That um, sort of struck me. 
But after that, it, it was like, that's Tom Wasselman's work. I didn't connect that much to it. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I was proud of it, but I didn't have that feeling. Yeah. It was a job. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was happy he was successful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because at a certain point, right, there's a certain moment where you're in a lot of his work. Yes. Right. And so there would be shows where, you know, you're in a lot of the works in the, in the show. Um, yeah. 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 Um, at that point, maybe I was slightly uncomfortable mm -hmm. because I was like showcased mm -hmm. somehow. And, um, I felt a little uncomfortable. It was like with Claire, I just felt like a little strange. <laughs> just that it was center stage-ish, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Did he ever describe to you sort of? I mean, because obviously he, there was a lot of models that he used, but not that many, really, in the scheme of things. But there aren't very many people that he worked with as much as he worked with you. Um, did he ever like sort of give you a sense of what it, reasons that he continued to work with you specifically, like what it was that he found out of that collaboration that worked for him? Uh, he never really verbalized or vocalized that. Um, we just were good together and mm. we were, uh, it was easy, I think. I was comfortable, he was comfortable. Until we were uncomfortable, and then I stopped. But um, it was just easy, and he, he kind of couldn't get enough, you know. I mean, it was just like oh, hundreds of these drawings were coming up, mm -hmm. you know. And and he wanted to get, you know, let's do this again. And I, at first, I think it was um, it was easy for him. <laughs> this is a funny little tidbit, but. I, I have this haircut again, right? This, mm -hmm. These bangs, right? And this haircut. And he loved that haircut because it was easy for him to kind of graphically draw that thing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. think that was the inroad was, yeah. oh, wait, she's got that haircut, you know, that's easy. And he, on these metal pieces, he has to hook every single line together. Right. Right. And so he could always stick my, you know, hair in my lip. And, I mean, it's just easy. Right. And I think he just grew, like, as much as he painted and drew Claire, I think he got to know my body so well that it was became easy for him. And I think he could play around with, not my body, but play around with that image. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was fun for him. It wasn't like, oh, now i got to get used to somebody else, you know. He was just really familiar with the with your form and so yeah, he with could my work form with and he 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 one time he said he wished he could be a photographer. He said, I'd rather you should have been a photographer's model. You shouldn't have and he was sort of flattering in that way. And uh he said, But I'm gonna try, you know, I'll try to do the best I can. It contrary to what most people think about Thomas when he hated to draw. He found it really um he in fact the first book he gave me he said to, i think the the whatever that thing is in the front when the, he said to me to monica who's so nice and so beautiful to work with makes let makes drawing less of a torture or something like this you know just something right. funny like right. that and i said you really hate to draw and he said oh no i, I just really hate it 
and then Claire comes home with flowers and then I have to draw those flowers. Like he, <laughs> he's good at it, but he, but every, oh, he loved to draw, he loved to draw. No, he hated it. <laughs> and did he ever say why? Like what was he it? He thought it was torture. It was yeah. like he had to like figure out how to do it. It's hard to draw. Right, it, right. Obviously, <laughs> it's hard yeah. to draw. And he didn't have that kind of native talent that you're born with. He had to, he taught himself mm. how to do this stuff, you know, and. I really love that kind of drawing, mm -hmm. you know, where you're not just, you know, born in seventh grade, suddenly you know how to draw perspective and you know how to draw. No, it wasn't like that. It was like, I had to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and and so it is interesting then also that he turned to a process like for so long where he was doing so much drawing, so based in life drawing. He could have, for example... I mean, he took a few photographs of you, right? But yeah. he, but that clearly was not his main source, right? He right. was working from these drawings, right? Right. Um, and and in fact, like with works like Monica with Mondrian, it's right next to us. Like it is based on a drawing, right? It's actually it's directly based on one drawing, <laughs> right? Right. It's actually I know. captured and reproduced drawing. So it's interesting that he got so uh, focused on that process, given how painful it was. I yeah. know. Yeah. I know. I know. I mean, sometimes I wonder, you know, when he, I believed him when he said that, and I'm sure he meant it, but he was compelled to do a lot of things, you know, he mm. was compelled, he wasn't, it wasn't always fun, I and mean, that's true about all of art, isn't it, though, you know, just uh, knew he should do it, and he wanted to do it, he wanted to surprise himself, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. he wanted to surprise himself at the end of the day, and I think back to why he kept drawing me i think i was just so comfortable honestly i think i was just so chill mm -hmm. that it it made him just easily draw these things you know without feeling that energy of tension or something like this it wasn't it's was like i was falling asleep for <laughs> goodness sakes <laughs> Okay, so you, so yeah, just to go back, because that was really the next kind of set of things I wanted to ask you about, was like, when you stopped modeling, you continued working, and you transitioned to this new, or was, or was there a break? How did it work? Uh, yeah. Okay, here's the way that worked. Okay, so my modeling and assistantship overlapped. Mm, okay, okay. So he called me in... I would like to say 87, I think it was. He was having some show in Paris. Mm -hmm. And he asked Alan and Candy, he needed somebody to come and help with these, uh, to paint um, additions. Because, right. He, need, he was like, needed help. And they said, what about Monica? And he's like, oh, okay. You know, so he calls me. And I, I was working at an audiovisual house. You know, I was still a musician in art. I was just doing any kind of work. Mm -hmm. And I said, sure. So I came in and he said, why don't you quit your job? And I was freelance anyway, mm -hmm. and come and work for me. And I was like, I don't know if you really mean that, right? <laughs> you know, like, do you? So I kept trying to balance both of these. Mm -hmm. And then one day he said, no, no, I'm going to pay you well, and you're going to have summer off, and you're going to have to work three days a week, and come on. Right. And I was like, seriously <laughs> okay so I did and um so I would come and work for him my three days a week and then like Friday or something I would come and model okay occasionally oh, so no occasionally yeah. okay yeah. 
And then one day, I was just, it was just too much. And I said, and anyway, he said, uh, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't think I should model anymore for a while. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay. And um, so I decided, then he said, do you still want to work here? And I said, yes, I still want to work here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And we became, then I just became the assistant. And then I made a couple of, I came back out of retirement <laughs> from that a couple of times. One to do the drawing show movie. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So just to clarify, when you say you came back out of retirement, that means there was a point <laughs> at which you stopped being an assistant. No, I stopped being a model. Oh, oh, you, oh I see. Okay, continue. Came Sorry. out of retirement Sorry. from being a model. Got it, got it, got it. And okay. I, uh, no, I was always, I've been the assistant. Continuously. For, can, yes. I okay. never, well, well, there's one brief moment I'll let you know. Okay. It was, doesn't even mean anything, but so I came back to do the drawing show, a drawing center movie video. Do you know this video? Yes, yeah, no, right. Yeah, so you came back for that. The drawing center? Drawing center, center, I think. Drawing yeah, center. I think. And then that was the last time I modeled until like 96. But I stayed on as the assistant forever. Yeah. yeah. So I said yes, and then I just kept working. That was good, <laughs> and that became your full time job. Yes. So the the promise turned out to be true. It turned out to be true, right? It did. Um, and okay, so uh, it was it indeed three days a week. Yes. Was it? It was actually three days a week, and you did get the summers off. Yes. Yeah. But from what I understand, so I'm actually this is one thing I'm curious. Is kind of like I also asked Jeffrey uh, this question, Jeffrey Sturgis, uh, but like, what's like a day in the life of the studio? Depending on what he was making. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, we did a lot of, okay, well, there were a few people who were uh, mixing colors and sort of that was me. Mm-hmm. And then there, like when Jeff was working for Tom back in the 80s, they were like, there, he had hired a bunch of little, like Jeff and Cindy Teller and Kevin Kelly. And they were, and then they were basically painting additions. Uh, that was their full time job, and I didn't do that. You know, I I don't know what I wasn't doing that. I was I was just assisting Tom. Did he need this? Do you know, paint. You know, can I help him do that? Can I hang that? Can I mix that color? Can I whatever cut that down? Can I um, I don't know talk to him about this stuff? You know. Assistant. <laughs> just like whatever he needed on a given day. Um, so you didn't, so unlike when, yeah, when like Jeff was talking about it, it was like there was a very specific thing he was hired to do, and you were much more sort of. I was of, a roamer. Yeah, you yeah, were. Yeah, I mean, in fact, I, okay, so I don't know how it became like this. It's so funny that Jeff and I flip flopped here. Right. But um, back then, Tom made me come in on Friday when the, those guys were coming in especially to pay. And he said, somebody has to watch out for them. Somebody has to look. And I don't want to do it. Say, so will you come in? And Oh, so you were the supervisor. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you guys working? You know. <laughs> but I really didn't do anything, of course. I just was, I was still helping Tom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But ostensibly, you were you were supervising. Their, Supposed their, to their, be. Supervising the workshop. So, like, yeah, but, but just, you know, um, I mean, I'm just curious, like, what things did he generally need done? Like, what was, why did well, we he need paint first coats on stuff. Okay, yeah. You know, we, he, we did a lot of that. Um, that. That's That was a lot of work. Yeah. 
mean, um, those big steel things, you know. But we never, I mean, he always finished them, but we had to, we could, like, prep the whole thing. It was a lot of work. And it was also a lot of, it was a lot of boring downtime, too. Yeah. But what's interesting with Tom, we weren't ever allowed to sit down. We never sat down. So it was tell, weird. Tell me about, tell me about this, because I've heard this weird. story before. Yeah. No, he said, we're workaholics here, Monica, whenever I started working there. And I said, okay, me too. Well, like, what does that mean? And he said, we just are. We just work, work, work. And, um, but work, work, work sometimes meant walking around, <laughs> waiting for the next mm-hmm. thing. But, I mean, we did, it seemed like we worked a lot in, like, you know, crates or, you know, right on all those crates, right on the back of these things. And I got weird jobs, like becoming the person who wrote stuff down in his books because he only liked my handwriting, right? And I was the one who wrote on the backs of all these things because my handwriting, again, <laughs> he liked it. And um, and there was a mess of... Uh, Color making, that's, you know, mm. you were always like, what, what else do you need? Well, can you make, like, eraser blue? I mean, eraser pink. Mm. Can you make this color? Like, right, that color down there? Right. That's pink pearl eraser color. Right, right, that does look like a <laughs> yeah, pencil eraser. Yeah, it is, eraser. and we, you know, we had like... to make that kind of stuff. And, and he was really cute about his colors, you know. Can you make me a roach of... Uh, <laughs> Like, I don't know, orange. I don't know. He would just have these ideas and you would have to like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, so he, would, so he would actually, you wouldn't be working from like... A... We mostly worked from other colors. Mostly okay. always mostly worked. worked yes, yeah. almost always. But... Sometimes. He would switch it up and yeah. then you kind of had to know what he was talking about. And we spoke that language. Again, he had right. his own language, you know. And you would learn it. That was oh, kind yeah. of part of... Yeah, oh, yeah. right. <laughs> That's really interesting. So, like, at a certain point, if he said, I want a race or pink, you were like, oh, I know exactly what yeah, that yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Go make yeah. me a pink pearl. Right. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. I do, because, I mean, obviously, working on a catalog resume, this is something I've spent a lot of time looking at, so I'm quite curious about this. I want to go back to this thing about you writing on things. So, on the verses of a lot of works, the what was it that you would write? Like what kind? Of, what were the things that you would write on? It was the hanging instructions? Hanging instructions. Okay, this is totally, almost entirely of interest to me. But I have transcribed so many of those, and yeah. I had no. So I'm I'm transcribing. That's your handwriting there. Mostly. You do have good handwriting. Thank it's you. It's true. <laughs> it's very easy to read. Okay. Yeah. But so those like incredibly. So just to, occasionally, Alan would write on the back. Occasionally, okay. other people would write on the back, but. I was the major person because of, yeah, he liked my printing. <laughs> and so those, because just because a lot of people will not have seen these, the, the, on the back, especially some of these steel works, there it's, you know, three or four hundred words oh, worth of hang instructions. So you would, he would kind of lay those out to you, give you... And then... Yeah, I mean, we all did it. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I was majorly doing it. But um, it was just a piece of paper and we just transcribed. Mm-hmm. Right on the back. I mean, we wrote everything except for his name. Well, we wrote his name too, but then he did the signature. Mm-hmm. So you know, we wrote the title, the medium, the year, and then the hanging instructions. You know, hang flesh, clean white wall. You know, 
you know, and have those little right. carrots, oh, yeah. you know oh, what I, I mean? Know. Come on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <cute>. yeah. <laughs> the very specific varnish and cleaning oh, yeah. instructions. No, and... the varnish and all that stuff, Tom wrote. Oh, he wrote that. That stuff on those earlier, that was Tom's okay. writing. These, okay. This sort of rote thing that went yeah. on the back of the metal pieces, that was us. Okay. Me, us, yeah. And so when you say you wrote the date, like a lot of the time there would be a signature and then it's followed by a date. But I assume he would write yeah, that. He would yeah. write that. He would write that. I mean, you might see that date twice. You might see the date right. twice. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then, um, so so you would you would write these things in mixed colors. I think the other the other thing I wanted to ask you about was um, a couple of other things that happened at the studio. So one of the things that a few of you have mentioned to me that I think is really fascinating is that he would hold crits for his studio assistants like of their artwork they you could bring your artwork you sometimes and he would did you ever participate in that uh yeah i yeah. did um he was interested yeah he said i was a poet hmm. he said you're a poet you know that's kind of my that was my thing you're ephemeral you're a, you're a poet it's just like you he would say that's that would be the crit that would be the crit that's all he say well i mean it's interesting but candy and alan yeah he would give them many crits because they were cooper union people they worked similar ways they had a language hmm. and they were upstate with he, where he was they were very close in this way and at one point um, he said he didn't want to go to their studios anymore because he was afraid he was going to steal stuff Right, and so he said, "If you if you're showing in a public space, I will go, because then I could stole if I wanted to. Right, because but if I'm going to your studio and nobody knows that you're doing this, and then I come out and do it, he's really you know ethical. That's interesting. Yeah, Yeah. it was, and it made Candy feel bad because she said, "Oh, come on, I loved it when you came to my Hmm. studio." Yeah, he did. He ever come to my studio? I don't think. And would you know bring stuff in? No, actually, he did go to their studio, so he did some visiting. But you, but you didn't really. You only no, I, I didn't do it so much. I, I would bring songs in occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, in the early days, I brought a lot of songs in, but uh, it was his time. Yeah, I didn't want to. I felt weird. Yeah, yeah. And did you? I mean, it just reminds me. I was thinking about this. Like, I mean, you were making your own work this whole time. Did you ever feel like there was any impact? Of, from Tom's work on the work that you did? Or? No, I never felt that, yeah. but I, but I, um, I, his discipline rubbed off on me. Um, his work ethic rubbed off on me. I'm in almost every image I make of my... Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. So I sort of, I, I took back my own image, and I was always wondering, why am I always painting my own image? And, it, and it's, I think it's because I was recapturing myself i don't know and it's not just me out there my that's <laughs> Wait, that's so that's really so did you were you making images of yourself prior to modeling for no weather? really no so that that was something you started doing yeah after. i didn't even know it was unconscious it was totally unconscious really yeah, yeah. i just woke up to it one day like oh well <laughs> and, and if you had to compare the way you appear in your work with the way you appear in his work, how are they different? Uh, um, 
mind psychological emotional mm-hmm. and and this is a the outer self or something like mm-hmm. that and mind the other stuff is the inner self okay yeah that makes sense and are, they're almost never nude they're almost, I'm never almost nude. always closed <laughs> <laughs> and uh you paint your face yes yeah a lot yeah <laughs> And expressions, I, I like yes. very. Yeah. And they're in psychological situations. I mean, they're situations. They're more narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And so, yeah, but so you were doing that work, and then only retroactively realized, oh, perhaps this was impacted by. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting, though, because it is also. I mean, I like the way that you're describing this about like reclaiming your image, because in a way, like your image does now exist in a kind of in art history, right? And and the, if it didn't have my name on it, it might be something else, but it does. I mean, right. my name is there. And what's interesting to me is not too many people ask, "Who is that Monica character?" They hmm. don't. You yeah. wonder why. Like, when's the day going to come when they're like, "Who is she?" You know. Right. So it's. Um, I always find that fascinating because if I was looking at this body of work and I saw how many Monicas, <laughs> I would wonder who she was. Right. So have you had experiences, for example, like people coming, you know, to see work here or whatever, and there and there are a bunch of Monicas around, and you're there, and they don't make the connection between the work and you? Oh, yeah. yeah. That yeah. has happened, and somebody will point it out, and then, you know, I'll go back into the office. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny yeah but but that, yeah but anyway so it is interesting though then that there is this other body of work that you've created that is now existing in the public you know that is a kind of counter to yeah you know, yeah this, this work that, that tom made um the other, okay, so this is, I'm changing subjects a bit, but I don't want to forget about this, because the other thing you were mentioning about writing uh, and you writing things down, you you also had some involvement in keeping the records at certain points as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, that's, again, the handwriting business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, nobody else could write in the ledger books but Monica. So um, so for some reason I got I got stuck I like doing that, but I got mm-hmm. stuck labeling all the slides. And I'm not the best at this because I go through these slides often and go, oh, my God, it's mislabeled. It's me. <laughs> when you, I'm sorry, but uh, most of the time those mistakes come from me. I wasn't the best at that. But um, it's just too tedious. Mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm. good at any kind of tedium. and <laughs> I can't make myself do, any, do otherwise. But, uh, you know, I was careful, very careful about that ledger book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. So, but you, but, but sacred. But you've written in that. The, some of some oh, yeah. of that is yeah, yeah. A lot of that stuff is, a lot of that stuff in the you know from ninety say ninety or something like mm-hmm. that or nineteen eighty five maybe. Right, and were you kind of working on? I remember you know I mean sort of early on in my own research right I you sent me that document right that has all the descriptions of the registration series and okay. everything and this might just be a coincidence but were you in any way involved in sort of developing like no. oh this is going to be this this is going to be no I didn't okay. care no we all yeah. just figured that stuff out and I, I, I was not involved with that okay no. 
Yeah, you didn't decide like, oh, this should be VEs or this should be yeah. No, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not yeah. at all. But yeah. I, but you know, you quickly learn that thing. But uh, well, Tom, Tom had started it basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he started the ends, right. you know, the nude end for nude. So he, they were pretty much in place. It was pretty much Tom. It was pretty much in place. Yeah, and I've heard that Alan and Candy had some involvement. In oh yeah, they that did. Yeah, they probably started a lot of that too. Like, but but things like the early still lifes from mm-hmm. the '60s and '70s and stuff, with the C in front of it, the canvas still life right, that right. came later. And I don't know who developed that. That could have been Alan. It could have been Jeff. I think it was probably Alan. Right, because that seems like the only reason that exists, for example, uh, it's getting very in the weeds, but the only reason that exists is because there's the later SLs, right? So you the, have and those, to have And that the was CSL. Tom, and that yeah. SL was Tom. Yeah. So if you look on the back of any of these, they say SL. Right, So right. we had to keep, we had to keep in place whatever Tom had really established mm-hmm. and then fill in the blanks, you know, to clarify little things like canvas still life. right. Even though they're not always canvas. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, they're really not always canvas. No, mostly it's not. <laughs> very deceptive name. Mostly, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, and and uh, a couple last questions. So the, the the one is, could you just talk a bit about like what you do at the estate now? Like what what your role at the estate is now? Yeah. Can I go back one t- one yeah, one step for sure? Just for back into the studio because I there's one thing that um, that the uh, the abstract things the, yeah. the abstract pieces. Okay, so back in the I was thinking, what did I do there? Mm-hmm. What oftentimes what we would mostly I would do is put a piece of acetate over um, over some of this normal news or still lifes or landscapes or any of those, right? And paint with acrylic, mm-hmm. quick brush stroke, you know, to color it in. So Tom would look at it and go like, okay, now match all that, right? Oh, okay. So like, would, you, would you choose the colors? Or? No, I would choose the colors from his drawing. Okay. And make sure they're right. And But he, he wanted us, he wanted to see it big. Right. right? Because I think some, maybe Matisse said everything looks big, looks different when you blow it up, right? So he did this and... um. That was so much fun because it was just slip around and the paint was just slippy, blah, 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 and you have so much fun. And then um, when he started making that, so I would cut these things up to throw them away so the image wouldn't get out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. And one day it fell onto a Matisse book. And I said, Tom, I said, check this out. And uh, he's like, he said, glue that down. And I did glue it, glue it down, and that was the beginning of the abstract pieces. Really? Yes. It was the beginning. And he's like, he, I remember, he was working at his table. He had a separate table over here. He worked on small things all day long. And um, I, was, I just remember my eyes just went like, whoa. Because <laughs> he was trying to find his way out of, because he was like getting shit for being a like, womanizer and da-da-da. So he was making landscapes. He was trying to figure out what's going on, right? And uh, I don't know, it was just a great big leap. And it was so cool. And now we still have the very first one, this little maquette that he made. It never turned into a big one. And then I started, 
when we would cut them up, he started pasting them together, and and thus you have the abstracts. <laughs> Wow. So, okay. So just for, you know, anyone who's not totally familiar with process, just to kind of walk through how this happened. So, so he would, he would be working on uh, the, okay. the steel works. Right? Okay. So yeah. when these steel drawings come, came yeah. from the fabricator, they're white, right. like a waffle or something, you know, right. they're white and you hang them up and then Tom would have to delineate everything and then paint it. But sometimes he wanted to see what it's going to look like. So we would put a big piece of plastic acetate, mylar, whatever you want to call it, on covering it like a drop cloth, say. But it's, you know, clear. Then you mix acrylic paint, Liquitex in his case, and you paint the whole thing. And then he looks at it, and then, yeah, that's good. Then you can mix all the colors with oil paint or whatever we were using at the time. And then, then you have a big sheet with that image on it. Right. right, and then right, right. you got to get rid of that. So we like would cut it up. Got it. And and I love that again since I love doing it. You know, like <laughs> cutting these things up. I'm having fun, and then it, and I would always make stuff. But if the one day it fell onto the Matisse book was the time it was sitting right beside him, and I just kind of showed him, and he said, you know, tape that down, and that was it. <laughs> and you don't by any chance remember what Matisse were? Yeah, I do. It was the book. It was, um, it looked like a Diebenkorn. I don't remember the name of it. It was a flat. It was a, I'll show it to you when we're done here. It wasn't so, it was blue. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was abstract itself. Mm -hmm. And it was just, just blew both our minds, right? And that was, we were getting ready to leave for the summer. I remember. And then he took a whole pile of all of those cut up, up state with him. And then he came back with abstract stuff i mean i didn't think he was going to make them out of metal <laughs> i didn't think really no i thought no. oh then we can transition out of metal now maybe <laughs> you think he'd do them on canvas you thought i thought he would do something i'd plastic i don't know mm -hmm. i thought he would invent it, something else you know yeah, something yeah. because he was such an inventor mm -hmm. I, but no then he sort of blew my mind like oh wait you're making it out of metal what's that going to look like and but he actually tried to um, imitate the brushstroke, right? And then I got kind of happy about that because it was my brushstroke, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, because you were the one who had painted yeah. the things. That were... Yeah, I kind of got happy about that. <laughs> that is pretty cool. So, so but then he, I mean, he evolved out of it. He evolved but... out of it, but the early ones. Yeah, like imitated, right? the lake. I think was the first one. Right. Mm -hmm. Dark and kind of more gloomy. You know, he it was very different for him. Yeah. And he was, I think I told you this at lunch, he was going to change his name. You did. Yeah, yeah. it was going to be Rock something. I can't remember <laughs> when his first name. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could remember the name, but it was Rock. It was Rock something. That was the rock first, was the first name. Rock was the first name. Okay, so that's it. I just wanted to get that in there because, you know, we nobody ever really touches on the abstracts. No, I I didn't even know to ask. That's, that's I had no idea that that's how that had started. I mean, it does actually lead me to one thing that we sort of talked about, but you brought it up more explicitly. Interesting. Of course, one of the big kind of critical reactions to Wesselman for decades has been criticism of him for his depiction of women, yeah. right? And obviously, that's something that's directly related to your work with him. So, uh, you know, I wonder. 
how you've seen that criticism? You know, that's an important question. Yeah. That's a really important question because um, it couldn't be more opposite. You know, he was enamored with, he. I think he, I mean, I think women to him were so enigmatic, so mysterious, and maybe even not real. Magic. Magic. And he called me magical more than once, you know. And it was something he wanted to possess somehow, and he, or something he wanted to embody or something. It was, I, I was into, I couldn't, I never met another person like this, so I don't know what that was, but I sat there watching him watching me often, you know, and I was, I realized he was um, trying to draw, and he was trying to make lines, he was trying to get it right, but he was, he was trying to like breathe it in, you know what I mean? So it was like the true word of inspiration somehow, you know, it was like, he was in, he was in breathing it in. And I think, so whenever I'm sitting there, you know, maybe talking, maybe falling asleep, there's also some sort of sacred space that is coming right there that was, um, you didn't want to break that bond. There was something, I don't know, charged, you know, that was, um, it wasn't sexual and it wasn't, romantic and it wasn't friendship i don't know what that was but it was definitely intense real and his his uh heightened sense of woman was obvious you know when you're like you weren't an object you were something t way beyond that you know i mean almost just as unreal as an object but that you weren't just a woman but it was very specific to women for him to have. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can just speak for myself, but as a model mm -hmm. sitting on that table, I mean, I never felt objectified. I, don't, I, mean, I, I thought it's just ludicrous. You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me because, he just, as I said, he just wanted to breathe it in. He just wanted to try to capture something that was bigger than him. Yeah. You know, and that was called woman. And I think he had it with Claire. I know he had it with me. I don't know about the other models, but um, I just wanted to make sure, like for the record, that that whole feeling of, oh, I'm taking my clothes off. I'm here, like, you're objectifying me. And I, I don't understand it. And, and so I get it intellectually, but mm -hmm. that's not the way it is. <laughs> and when you see the the... When you see the final work, do you get that same? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Mm -hmm. I somewhat. I don't get the sexualized thing for sure, so that was good. I, I know there's something, but because it's my image, I don't know if mm -hmm. it has that sacred feeling or the, whatever that thing I'm trying to express. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it has it or not because it's my image, so it's not like Athena. You know, <laughs> but maybe to somebody else it might be. Right. But I mean, we have other works right around us uh, that aren't you. I mean, in any. Do of I the... feel them? Yeah. No, I feel something else. Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe it was just me. I don't know. 
I feel something else. I think that, uh, like, for this great American nude over here, she, I mean, that's just pleasure. But that doesn't seem like sex pleasure or objectified pleasure. Mm. It just seems like joy. Mm. You know what I mean? There's a joy. Now, the smoker over here, everybody thinks that that's like glamorized. Well, he hated smoking so much. That, to me, is a little demonic. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So it's not what they think. It's really maybe what I'm trying to say. Right. It's not just a pat dry, you know pinups or whatever people say about him i just don't know uh how to tell you that it couldn't be more wrong <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you see and what's interesting is that i mean one thing that you can speak to very specifically is actually the process of creating the work and how different that is from that description but then also you're saying that even the work that people who aren't familiar with that process see is also not accurately you're saying is also not accurately uh, I think that, yeah. I think it's a projection of them yeah. you know mm-hmm. I just don't they're not they're seeing it just doesn't seem like they're going very deep they're just mm-hmm. seeing something they think is is uncool or womanizing or or degrading or but I think it's I think it's them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean uh, interpretation is often in many ways <laughs> yeah. projection yeah yeah but that is but that is really interesting and i think that is great american nude number 53 right oh, it is. just just yes, to it is. get it in the recording it is great american nude number 53 and i don't remember which number the smoker is to you 27 27 that sounds right to me i think it's 27 yeah but that just i know this isn't a side this this thing about how much wesselman hated smoking is yeah. just fascinating right <laughs> so he did right really he really hated it yeah despite dedicating a huge chunk of his career to yeah. depicting it yeah <laughs> did he did you ever ask him about that did you did you well he he said they always have yellow teeth in Wait, the, in, in the, really yeah he said they never white they don't have yellow teeth but he said also that it was just fascinating when, uh, I guess it was Peggy, the model, uh, took a smoke break, and he and he saw the smoke. I think he liked the smoke, the way it looked, but the idea of smoking, he didn't like. But, but also he's making those smokers back in the day. But he did come back around to it again. He did. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. Anomaly. I don't know. I don't really know what to say about that. Yeah. I mean, it's just fascinating that it was something he disliked so much. And, and, and I mean, totally. I, obviously, there's one aspect of it, which is just he loved the form. And that makes sense. Yeah. But also, it's not like that content is invisible. It's not an abstract work, right? It's it's still very identifiably someone smoking a cigarette. So. And, and it's the mouth. Mm-hmm. It's that fascination with the mouth. Right. Which carries over between something like Gan 53. All of them. Yeah, I mean, all of them. Yeah. yeah. It's the one part of the face that usually doesn't disappear. Exactly. Maybe sometimes. Maybe but sometimes, usually. but almost, no. I don't yeah, know, very rarely. Never. <laughs> yeah, oh, basically, almost never, right? Yeah, yeah, never. Yeah, yeah, very rarely. Okay, so you're asking, what do I do here? Yes, yes. So, yeah, I, yeah. What, what do you do here now? Yeah. I hope you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> A lot. Enormous <laughs> amount. I hope so. Uh, I. I I don't know. I do a lot of, um, I do whatever, I really don't know what I do. I do, <laughs> I do whatever anyone asks me to do, mm-hmm. basically. 
but I mean, I kind of am like a fairy godmother around here. Mm-hmm. Like I make sure everything's, everybody's okay. Mm-hmm. Make sure everything's running okay. Make sure we're all on the same page. Basically what I do, and I mean, I do archiving stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't, I often wonder nowadays, like, what's there to do? And it's a lot of technical stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of art-based stuff. It's a whole other world. When I first, when Tom first died, um, you know, I did a lot of helping with, um, I pretty much ran this show a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, because I knew the galleries and I knew everybody and every, and Alan and Candy were gone the same time Tom left, so I was here on my own with with these new guys. Jeff right. came in, and because right. um, Jeff Brian came in just came in. like the day, the, sorry, not the day, but the year before he died, right? Yeah. He came in months before he died. Months before he came yeah. in September, and Tom died in December. Right. And then Brian also came same time. Right around the, okay. Because Alan, he, Tom was replacing Alan and Candy, and then Kate was here already, mm-hmm. and. Greg was here already, and but I was the mother, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, "What are we gonna do?" And so I sort of uh, taught Claire the ropes, mm-hmm. and kind of taught Jeff the ropes, and then uh, just sort of let it sail, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that in those early days, like right after he died, you were the one really kind of establishing the practices that would. And I knew, I mean, in a way, I knew that I didn't want to, I mean, when Tom was, right when Tom was leaving to go to to the hospital, I said, don't worry, I'll take care of business here, it's going to be okay. And he's like, okay, you know, I trust you to do that. He said, I'm so scared to leave this all to Claire. You'll help her, right? And I said, yeah. He said, you and Jeannie, it was Jeannie from Carol. Because mm-hmm. she was helping, right, right, and I said help, and I said, Jeannie yeah, from no, Carol Janis, just yeah, Jeannie yeah. from Carol Janis, yeah. Jeannie Deans from <laughs> Carol Janis, and um, so we were like, you know, scared because mm-hmm. we were all like, what, come back, you know, and and then the transition came, and it was hard for me, hard, 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 because there was no Tom telling me. Everything's okay, and there was no time telling me. I mean, we were easy. I mean, I was so loose with him. Now everything was like it started getting tight. Like it had to be legalized, and it had to be documented, and it had to be these constraints. And I was like, oh, you know. And I was, I felt like I was doing everything wrong because I had I would learned from Tom. We were very casual with all the acquaintances, all of the galleries, casual. And when uh, I got nervous about that, I said, I don't want to, what do I do? You know, and then I saw Jeff keep picking it up. He was just picking it up and picking it up. And I was like, well, he was ambitious enough to pick it up. So I thought, okay, you know, let him pick it up. And uh, I will, <laughs> what can I do? What do I do? And I was a little bit nervous about that, very nervous actually about that. It all was very difficult. Yeah. Um, but, you know. We are making it here now, and this is, we do it, I do whatever I have to do. Like, I can help repair shows, or I'm helping, I, I make sure I know what the inventory is here. <laughs> you know, and I may just make sure it runs kind of smoothly from an overseeing type mm-hmm. of place. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. not the, not every day. I'm like, I'm always looking, don't yeah. screw us over. 
<laughs> well, and, and you mentioned Claire, though, and, and early on, Claire was... In, she like, was the leader. Right. Yeah. She came right. in, and she yeah. was the face. She was the face. Okay, yeah. In those first, like, so those first exhibitions, those first things... Yeah, all like, the right. way up until, like, 2013. Okay, oh, wow. I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had to do the right thing. And I thought... Uh, stepping down a little bit and stepping back a little bit was the right thing and it is the right thing and um, Claire was she stepped up man she did it yeah she yeah she worked to figure it out you know to know what's going on all that stuff and she was also um, she's really smart she had a real uh, sense of what Tom wanted which was good and then as time goes by, though, what would Tom want? Mm -hmm. You know, we can't keep knowing what he wanted. Doesn't he get to grow? Oh, yeah. You know, doesn't he, wouldn't he change his mind, maybe? That's a really, that's a really complicated thing to deal with, with an estate, right? Yes. Because the person, I mean, people change, but the The person who's gone had a, had a way, Mm -hmm. and they, that way is the only way you know. But one thing I do know about Tom is he said no all the time, right before he said yes. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. He'd say, hey, can you, no. Uh, we'll wait a little while. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, what, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I've even seen that in his correspondence. There's like, it's like the first the first letter is no, and then the second letter is sometimes Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. documented. Yeah, it's documented. There's a documented... <laughs> There. So funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one. Sorry, there. There is one last thing that that just reminds me of, which is when can you tell me just a little bit about Claire, like when the first time you met her was, and all that, because I because you actually knew her for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first time I met Claire was at OK Harris actually, mm. and it was when I saw that piece of art that I said it was my favorite one. I mm. met her there. I remember her. She's so pretty. Gosh, she's like a French movie star. And she, I met her. I didn't meet her at that Janice gallery. He never introduced me to her. But I met her there, and I just remember asking her if he listened to country music at home. That's the only question I remember. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Is that what you listen to at home? And she said, no, he likes all kinds of music. And I was like, okay. That's all I re- That's the only re- conversation I remember. <laughs> and I know after that we had, I always, I didn't see her very much. She wasn't, she didn't come to the studio ever. She didn't have a key. I mean, she wasn't part of the studio. They're very separate lives. I mean, we were studio family and then there was a family. And we saw them at shows openings and we saw and I would go upstate once in the summer to see him and I would meet uh, see the family but aside from that that family was separate <laughs> I did not realize that oh yeah, yeah. So. we were the kids I mean I was the, you know the youngest I mean it was just he it reestablished the whole situation he had uh, Jenny mm-hmm. Lane and Kate then he had um, Candy Alan and me in in that order <laughs> In that order, you were his his other his I was studio the, we family. We were the yeah. studio family. Yeah. 
Interesting. And yeah, so I mean, that was actually something I was wondering. So Claire just didn't come by very often to the studio. I don't ever. Really. She, at, at the very end, Yeah. Now he brought her in like, I think when maybe the last two years, she would come in when we weren't here. Occasion. Mm -hmm. We had a big, big, big um, battle with Prince. You probably know about that. And she was part of that. Mm -hmm. So we saw a little more of her. Uh, I guess, you know, the end of the 90s, a little bit, a little bit, but yeah. no. Yeah, interesting. He wanted her to be home, I guess, I don't know. I mean, she was a studio assistant, the first one. That right. was, you know, he loved her having her here, and you probably read that in the correspondence, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen the photos of And seen the photos, yeah, they were, yeah, they were like glue, and then yeah. I, at one point, um, she didn't want to come anymore, and then he had a normal assistant. And I get, can't remember that guy's name. I didn't know him. Dimmler, Richard Dimmler, oh, okay. was I think one of his first studio assistants. I think he lives in Florida. Then Candy was here forever. Right. Then Alan came in. Like, right. Yeah. No. So the the Claire was always very sweet, though. She was she yeah. was sweet, but to to work with her, I, it was I it was like oil and water because she. She was very organized, and well, she was just legal. Mm -hmm. She had legal stuff, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> I don't know. I'm afraid of it. Mm. You know, I could do stuff really wrong. And with Tom, you couldn't do anything wrong. Mm. You couldn't. I mean, I'd make big mistakes, and I said, "Well, just call him, you know." And I would just call him, think, well, "Okay." With Claire, it would be. I was did it wrong before I started often, you know, because she was worried. I mean, this is a big deal for her. I mean, huge legacy she was taking care of, and I, I, I knew I couldn't, I wasn't going to be able to fit that bill. To, you wouldn't want to. It honestly stresses me out just thinking about it. Yeah, so I totally understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. On a, on a, so the last thing I wanted to ask you about on a much lighter topic, but the one thing we haven't talked about that much is is uh, Tom's music. And I know that you had, I mean, I know you've written about this a bit, so I know you've written about it a bit, but you were involved in, 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 in a bit oh of Oh my God, was this. I ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that was interesting because, it, uh, okay, that was our first, the, when I, well, maybe the first time I modeled for him, he played a song for me. And it was called Pictures on the Wall of Your Heart. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty interesting. That I said, oh, okay. And then I said, uh, is that you? And he said, no, it's about Claire. It's like She was picturing all the, the, the men in her life, and now was I going to live up? And I thought, oh, my God, he's so sweet. <laughs> and then after that, um, he would come in, and he would play music and for me. And I would say, well, like, well, let me see. Like, he would have these big... Um, notes like just all circles and I would I would be trying to sight read it and I keep saying can you sing this and I'm like well, how's it go you know and then I got some guy in here that I knew his name is Larry Scripp to be to teach him he said ah, he said <laughs> my favorite line I wish I knew about time he said I wish I knew about time I'm like okay I'll bring somebody in so Larry came in and he taught him he said I learned it in a day Next thing, next thing you know, he has quarter notes, half notes on a, on a staff, and I could read it. And um, so every Friday, I would sing, and we would record. 
every Friday when we had the old Bowery studio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, Billy oof, Heller would be the engineer. He had a he had a kind of a guy that was just sort of ripped him off. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Billy Heller would come in and record us. I would learn three songs a week. He could write. Can you imagine? He's doing all this work and he's writing. Trying all these songs. <laughs> yeah. All these songs. Yeah. And I'd learn three songs a week and then we would record them on Friday. And that was my job. And it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was hard because you couldn't deviate. Mm. I mean, that was where he was strict. Like it was, he's as strict as he is, like with these colors and stuff. Mm -hmm. Everything had mm -hmm. to be just, just, just. So if you like, um, I can't even. I don't know. I'm not going to sing it, but oh, well, I would. I, if you can sing one. No, of them, no, no, I don't think I can. I was just thinking, like, how can I sing? Have you just come back to torture me? That's the one. I, I mean, he had funny songs, right? Yeah. They were, they're like some of the song when when the, uh, when my tears hit the fan. Everyone got, I don't know, everyone got wet, but <laughs> I can't remember, but if you couldn't sing one note out, like you couldn't yeah. embellish right. at all. You couldn't go like, ah, you know, if it was, ah, you had to, ah, you could go, ah, or anything, nothing, nothing. You're like, no, stop the show. And sometimes he would be painting when you'd be singing it. Nope. Yeah, no, it was wrong. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> but it should be this, Tom. No. No, 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 no. No. Really? Like, there was yeah, just, a, he had it. Yeah. And, but you also sang while he was working sometimes, right? Yeah. He did also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was painting. Yeah. yeah. And they would be recording. And at first, not. At mm -hmm. first, he would sit there, you know, with his legs crossed, you know, watching, you know, you're going to do it right. You know, and then be happy when you did, and it's okay. And then um, later he would be like, when we moved here, he mm -hmm. would be painting and just kind of look over. You know, so I, I, again, just like modeling, I got used to it. I got comfortable. Mm -hmm. I got, but then he brought in um, some real country singers, and mm -hmm. then I kind of it was me and Tom singing for a long time because he would sing them too. Oh, he was. Yeah, okay. he would. Yeah, yeah. but he, <laughs> he would make a girl and a boy version. <laughs> you mean of the lyrics? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he would sing the boy yeah, version, and right. I would sing the girl version. No kidding. And um, that was pretty funny. Then he got Kevin Trainer came in, and um, Deirdre Wilson came in, and they were real country singers, and you know, with the hats and everything. And then there was a Dwayne. Uh, it starts with a Z. I can't get his last name. But they then they sang for a while. Mm -hmm. And then, again, occasionally I would come back. And he made Claire sing one song once. And that was torture for her. Torture. Can <laughs> and, she, but she sings? Well, he said she sings in church all the time. She, was, mm -hmm. uh, she went to Grace Church, and she was like, felt so bad. But she did it. But she did it. She did it. He wrote sad songs at the end about dying and stuff like that. He was in, yeah, they were sad. And so, she, I don't know, he wanted her to sing one. It was a beautiful love song. I can't remember the name of that, but yeah. How do you think he understood the music that he was making? I mean, how do you think it, why was it important to him? What why was it so important to him? Yeah. I think it was part of his, you know, 
as we were talking earlier about what a homebody he was. I think his fantasy life was gigantic, and he had us all in it. And the, you know, the country music thing. Tom said he was as honest as his blue work shirt, and that was like what his songs were kind of like sociable. The way I think he understood it was this was all sophisticated, and the country music was down home. So it was a balance, had a big balance for him. You know, it kept him grounded. It didn't have any kind of cere cerebral sophistication, how art speak, how are we going to talk about this? It was just a song. And I think that's how he understood it. But he loved it so much. The other thing he loved about country musicians where they didn't emote, he loved that. He said, they're just going to stand there and sing a song. And, and he said it's, uh, the emotion was all in the words and all in the, uh, what they were saying that they were going to emote. However, occasionally he would play opera. And because... He, Just like the total opposite. Crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But how does that fit in? So as soon as you have been pegged, Do something comes up. <laughs> um... Yeah, because it is it is really interesting. It's just you know obviously there's a lot of effort, a lot of time dedicated to this, and so it's a really interesting way of looking at it that it was kind of the antipode of what he was doing in his artwork. I think I mean that's yeah. the way I think I yeah. understand it. I don't know. I mean I'm speaking for him in a way, but that's to me it makes sense. Yeah. So you really don't remember any of the songs that you could sing. You could sing a, a, a verse from one of the songs. Um. Oh, we've got a baby on board. Bless I can't remember how it goes, though. Uh, a baby on board. Uh, I can't remember. You know, it's funny that you asked me this, because uh, when he was dying, the last day I got to see him, nobody would let me see him, because he was in intensive care. And I went anyway, and uh, they said, okay, you can go in. And I sang songs to him. I sang you songs. And I couldn't remember except for little snips. And I thought, shit, I can't. I can't. Uh, wait, let me see. Pretending on the phone again. Saying songs I know will never speak. Something. Talking on and on for hours on end. Pretending we might love again. Something I can remember. <laughs> That's actually a nice song. Yeah, I mean, they're sad. Some of them are sad, and some of them are fun. I wish I could remember the funny ones, because, like, truckers can be pretty, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, some of the titles were just hilarious, and there were so many. So, 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 so many. I mean, I'd almost throw up when it'd come in, like, a whole pile of them. I'd go, oh, my God, how many do I have to learn? <laughs> I, I, and I had to learn them fast. Right. Chop, chop. Yeah, yeah. Right. Every three songs a week. Yeah. yeah. I know. And I got the morning to learn them, and then we would record them in the afternoon. You're like a working session musician. Yes, yeah. I was. I was yeah. like, Ugh, and not a note wrong. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This is amazing. I am so glad we did this. Yeah, it was really, fun, yeah. and it was kind of like a little trip down, uh, up and down the Bowery in a way, right? right? From the old studio to the new studio. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that when what was that year that the, the I'm just trying to remember from Bowery to here that was ninety five. We moved in here. Ninety five. Okay. Yeah. See, so this has been the space since ninety five. Yeah. I was just thinking we're here longer than Tom was here. Wow. I know. I know because Tom got to be here for ten years and we're here now. Now I'm here for like twenty five years. Right. It's crazy. That, that is crazy. <laughs> And, and we were just talking earlier about how much of this stuff was actually has actually been here since. Uh, you know, yeah, we're sentimental about him, you know. Yeah. So we have his painting uh, palette table is still set up as it was, and we even painted the floor and left a little space where his drips in the front in front of uh, Still Life Thirty Five. Oh, that was intentional. Yeah, I've noticed that that's there. I didn't realize that yeah. was like a monument. When we painted the floor, I was like, no. <laughs> That's amazing. I did not realize that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And this table, obviously. And this table, that we're yeah. Sitting the, at. The, the little pallet table yeah. that he'd roll around. Yeah. And I guess it's all kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, talking to you right now, I could cry. I miss him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. I wish you guys would have met him. That is some remarkable. <laughs> He's just such a nice guy, mm -hmm. you know. It's so um, funny and humble, really. You would never know he was anybody famous. He'd make jokes about that, though. He's like, really? somebody noticed me on the street, huh? <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's very recognizable. I get, you know, I mean... If you know who he is. If you know who he is. If you know his look. He's, he's, and, it, and that, yeah, and that hat. Yeah. Right, he always wore oh, the hat, right. right. Cowboy type hat ish, sort of. So, fedora for a while? Do you know what he said once? He said he knew he became a man when he took the cap off and he put on a hat. Really? Yeah. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> that you know is I mean? really funny. Yeah. yeah. I know. But what cap? I don't know. He must have wore a baseball cap. He did? I'm I don't know. That's... I never saw it because I guess I only knew him when he's a man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember photos of him in a baseball Me cap. Me neither, ever. Even, like, the really old ones. You know, the ones where he's looking really awkward with, like... There's it, one hat that's not a baseball cap, but it's, like, a just a cap cap. Yes, yes, I've Maybe seen that. that's what Maybe it was. Maybe that's what it was, yeah. Was that early, early? That's pretty early, I think. Okay. Yeah. But, Maybe. Yeah. I never knew what that meant, but I always remembered it. But there's the fedora. There's the classic... It's even in a... In What's a, a fedora? How do you... Do, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> like with the, it's like a small brim. It's like a smaller and brim. Like with the, it's, sometimes like a ribbon. Yeah, and it goes, and it's 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 sort of ovoid. It's oh, that's long. what he wore. Yeah, that's a fedora. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the painting of him like standing. Yes, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely yeah. a fedora. <laughs> but yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think he, he, I think I would recognize him if I saw him on the street at this point. But yeah, I mean, it it is an interesting thing to. I mean, for me, right? I mean, I feel like I've gotten to know him in this Yeah, yeah way, I know. Right? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You but probably it's all, do know him. All secondhand, you know, obviously. Yeah, yeah I know. It's like yeah. he's still around, really, kind of, in, in the documents and all of us and his work. And, geez, I mean, he didn't really go anywhere, just physically. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, he's very present. Very. Yeah, yeah. I know. He yeah. very much so is. Jeez. Yeah. There's no disappearance of 
Tom Watson. <laughs> thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you guys yeah. too for making it easy. Oh yeah, no, this was so great. Yeah, it's really, really appreciate it. And and I mean, this is this uh, with each one of these interviews, you know, it's like uh, insights that only like only you can offer you know otherwise they just you know no one else can sort of bring no this. i totally yeah. appreciate that i mean yeah. I, I as much as it's scary and you might want to get everything right it's definitely you know before something happens it's just like good idea mm -hmm. Every, everything we can everything we can sort of find and dig up yeah yeah reconstruct <laughs>